Hey everyone, welcome to the Grabs Podcast, where we bring the stories of real-life rescues to you firsthand from those involved. I'm your host today, my name is Grant, and uh, with me I've got an anonymous firefighter, and we're going to be talking about a grab made on July 6, 2019. He works at a Southeast Urban Department, and uh, so we'll welcome you. How are you doing today? Good, man. How are you? Good. Can you tell us a little bit about your department? Pretty large department. Uh, I think we've got about 14, 1,500 uh, active firefighters, um, 40 fire stations. Uh, so we're pretty good-sized department. What would you say your search culture is within your department? Uh, good. Uh, you'll normally hear um, heavy rescue get assigned, search, um, incoming on a fire. But but we throw so we tend to throw so many people at a at a you know bread and butter house fire that uh, you're you're going to get searches from you know engine companies, truck companies as well. So I mean it's uh, you know the first few engines going to obviously take that line, the attack line. But again, we throw a lot of people at it, so you can you can get a search from just about anybody. What do you guys get on a regular alarm for for a typical house fire? It'd be three engines, uh, one truck company, one heavy rescue a uh, chief and then we'll also get a writ assignment which is engine and uh, truck and med unit then how do you guys do your assignments is it uh, pre-incident arrival incident command driven or a combination or basically a combination but probably more incident command driven um again being an urban department it's it's always a race to the scene so you're you know you're first due may not be first due sometimes and that sort of thing. So it's, it's more incident command driven. I would say you are going to have, you know, your first engine is going to pull the attack line. Your second engine is going to be water or truck company uh, ventilation. Those are sort of standard, but, but we can deviate from that. And then uh, talk us through what your typical search searches look like for you guys. Are you doing oriented Search, split search, VES, a combination of all of them or, or what? Any can be done. Um, you know, we, we tend to be a front door fire department a lot of times. And so uh, good and good and bad, you know, you, that's obviously, you know, the occupants know that those two exits, they, they know the front door and they know the back door. So a lot of times uh, we run into people going through that, uh, going through that front entry point. But I mean, any, any can be done. All right. Take us to July 6, 2019 and talk about this fire. We got bumped out at probably uh, sometime between 2.15 and 2.30 to an apartment fire. In our first do, um, make a ride off the ramp and probably a mile down, a mile down or so. We're, we're, we're turning onto the street and we're there. So it was pretty apparent from the time we got dispatched as we were pulling off the ramp that we that we have one. Um, there were reports of, of people trapped. Um, I remember my captain just kind of turning around and giving the nod, like, you know, here we go. We got one. Uh, information on the way stated there were occupants trapped upon the uh, balcony of this apartment complex. Uh, we pull up, get heavy fire showing out of a window on the third floor of this uh, apartment. Uh, it was lapping up to the uh, to soffit. Um, but other than that, I mean, it, it didn't, it didn't look, it didn't look bad. I just, you know, it's like one room or so, uh, get stretched, um, 
my captain goes on up as I'm getting the line stretched up these uh, up the stairs. So it turns out that the people who called in and said they were trapped, they were in the apartment across the way from the fire apartment. And they weren't they weren't necessarily trapped. They didn't want to come through the smoke, but they weren't in a bad spot at all. So knowing we were going to do our thing, he just told them to go back in the apartment shut your door, go back out to the balcony. We're, you know, we'll have us knocked out in a minute, just shelter in place sort of a thing. He goes on into the apartment. Um, I get masked up and everything, or uh, I was already masked up. I should say I was putting my gloves on and uh, bleeding the line. I made my way into the uh, apartment, you know, heavy smoke conditions, but not terrible. Probably down to, uh, my knees or so I'm right at six feet tall. So I was, I, I walked in upright and then crouched down a little bit on my way back to the fire room. So it's a backwards L shaped apartment. So long hallway rooms off to your left and to your right, go down and make a right. And it, and it opens up into the kitchen into this back bedroom. So I meet him at the uh, fire room. Um, it's, it's glowing. And I, and I remember something really specific. So it hadn't, it hadn't extended firewise into the rest of the apartment. It was just room and contents, but it had burned so hot or at least for a long enough period of time that there was no visible furniture in this room. Uh, everything was, was ash. The drywall was, was completely charred. Uh, the, you know, the room itself was, it, it was, it was rocking pretty good. I wait just a second before I black it out because he was looking around. And I didn't want to put the fire out and take all our visibility away. So um, wait a second, then open the line, get it blacked out. Just as I get it blacked out, I hear him yell. Um, I shut the line down and I, I, I wasn't sure where he was. I just knew he was behind me. And again, this is not a very big apartment. So he's, he's, he's close. And I hear him say, where's the line? I've got a kid. So I kind of help him find the line. He makes his way out. Now, the room's blacked out at this point, and I follow him out. I was thinking he needed help. As I got back to the door, I thought, no, go back in, A, make sure the fire's out, and do your own search. As I'm doing that, I can hear other crews, other people coming up the stairs. So I go back down the hall, and just as I get back down the hall, I'm listening. I hear heavy breathing. Go in a room to my left, and there's... Uh, I guess four people, four kids laying on a mattress that's on the floor. Uh, that turned out to be a really good thing. Obviously, them laying on the floor. So uh, I grab one and uh, start making my way out of the apartment as well. Uh, just as other crews are coming in, I grab somebody and say, hey, there's, there's other kids down this hallway on the left. Uh, go get the rest of them. Uh, and so uh, – Ran mine down to the uh, med unit. There was only one med unit on the scene at the time. So these uh, poor medics had their hands full. They had his uh, his victim who was uh, badly burned and then and then mine laying on the bench. So uh, a lot going on within the first within the first five minutes. What um so you you had those other crews go in. Um, they you showed them right where the right where those victims were. I, I was either coming. I was either just coming down the hallway 
um, or had just come out of the door, the, the, the bedroom they were in was probably maybe 10 feet down this hallway uh, from where the front door was. So it wasn't very far. Um, I do remember feeling like, okay, mine's breathing. I've got just a second to tell these other crews, hey, down the hallway on the left, you know, there's, there's, there's more kids down there. Um, so yeah, I was, and I, and I made a comment to somebody else, Hey, go make sure the fire's out. I was, I had it blacked out and I was pretty sure it was done, but I did, I do remember telling somebody, Hey, the nozzles by the fire room, go make sure that the fire's out. And then, uh, so how many did they end up bringing out of there? Uh, so there were four kids that we brought out. What were, uh, what were the conditions in that room? Again, because the mattress, thank goodness, was on the floor. They were just below the smoke where the smoke had banked down. Now, it wasn't a great atmosphere, but that's that's what either saved them or really kept them from, from you know, taking a beating was that was that mattress being on the floor. And uh, other than the initial reports of the people across the way that were trapped, you guys had no indication that there was anybody in this, this apartment? None. As a matter of fact, when we pulled up and we talked about it later, this is an apartment complex full of cars. It's uh, although it is two o'clock in the morning, there was nobody outside. There was no one around. There was nobody yelling. There was nobody uh, evacuating. It, it was eerily odd that there was just no one around. And we, we stretched, Right up these, right up the stairwell. There was nobody coming down. There wasn't any, you know, uh, congestion. It was, uh, it was, it was crickets for the most part. Crazy. What? Uh, so, did the fire? The fire went out pretty quickly. Were you right in your assessment that it was knocked down? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, was talking about it to our, uh, to our engineer. Uh, after the fact, because it, it, it felt to me like it took a while, not a while to put the fire out, but because I waited for my captain to look around before I blacked it out, it felt like, all right, I'm kind of ready to put this thing out now. But he was he was saying, man, you guys got up there and it blacked out like super quick. You know, it wouldn't. And again, other than the little bit of extension to the saw fit, you know, you know, a little bit of the roof line, it was, it, you know, it, it went out. A couple things uh, that jump out to me for for how you guys work together does your officer going ahead ahead to let you know where things are at yeah he did uh i no longer worked with him or for him but uh that guy was he's uh he's one of the best he spent a lot of time on a heavy rescue uh has a ton of fire experience uh, that, that dude is he's aces uh so you know something else that we talked about after the fact is none of us said a word on the way there wasn't any sort of communication now, that may sound bad, but we had three guys on there that knew they knew their role. Um, and so nothing, you know, it just, every, every, everybody did exactly what they were supposed to do. And uh, it, it, it worked out. We got out fast for two o'clock in the morning. We got out, we were off the ramp. Uh, I mean, we're talking about 30, 40 seconds tops. We're off the ramp and ready to go. So it was, a, it was, a, it was an honor to work with those guys. And then had, had you guys talked about finding uh, if you ran across the victim, what, what your role would be as a nozzleman as compared to what the officer's role or anything, or you guys just kind of 
did what came natural? No, we hadn't talked about it prior to that. Um, you know, we just, you know, I've thought about so many things after the fact, you know, should I have left that nozzle where I did? Should I, you know I mean? Um, should I have followed him out? Um, I did, I thought, have at least the presence of mind that he didn't need help going all the way down the stairs, uh, that I needed to stay there and do a quick search myself to go back in and take a look around. And I was, I was glad I did. Um, although some awesome crews coming in, they would have been found anyway. But, um, you know, at that point, they had been in there for no telling how long before somebody, you know, that fire vented before somebody actually called it in. So I know they were in there for a, they were in there for a long time. Uh, although again, on the floor in a decent spot, but they were, they were in there for a long time eating some smoke. Um, you mentioned that you heard breathing, you know, talk about how important is it to, uh, to shut up and listen to what's going on. Sometimes we get moving too fast and, or we're talking, you, you mentioned that you guys didn't even talk. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of crews get inside and they're just, it's bull in a China shop and too much talking. Uh, they might've missed, missed there's that. always typically, you know, and, and in that case, there is, there's so much yelling on a fire scene, people needing this and wanting that. And, um, yeah, it was really important. As a matter of fact, I talked about it later. And this is one of the things that maybe somebody can take from this that, that I probably should have done. So the old expression, if you can't see your feet, you know, you should probably be crawling and whatnot. Because there was no heat, I was walking. And again, decent sized hallway to get down. There was zero heat in this hallway. Uh, not until I turned the corner did I start feeling the heat from the fire room. However, had I been crawling or at least um, you know, uh, duck walking or something. I maybe would have noticed when I went past that room the first time. I don't know that I would, but I, I wouldn't say I beat myself up about it, but I did think, Hey dude, if you had been a little lower in your initial stretch to the apartment, you may have seen them and got them out a few minutes uh, ahead. However, I probably would have called him back. Uh, and we would, he would have helped me get those kids out and he would have never seen his, uh, and his had taken a beating. His was, uh, his was near the fire room. And so, you know, it, it uh, I always question myself after a fire a lot, nine times out of 10, I'm thinking, why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you do that? Or you should have done this or that. I'm never really satisfied with what I've done normally. Uh, but yeah, I mean that one, it, it, it worked out good. It did. And normally in these, we talk about, uh, victim removal, but that's in the context of an adult. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the, the child removal? Uh, was it pretty much a grab and go Were they disoriented at all? Did they resist you any slipperiness or mm -hmm. anything? So, um, his, his was, uh, his was slippery. Um, mine were not just because of their location, there was no resistance at, resistance at all. Um, there was, they were all unconscious. Um, whether it was smoke or another reason, um, I don't know. That's, uh, that may be for another time, but they were all unconscious. Uh, so there was no resistance, but, and I didn't answer your question a second ago. I'm sorry, regarding listening, you know, yeah. As I was crawling back down that hall, I heard, uh, I heard wheezing. Um, 
I definitely hadn't heard that the first time because it was very audible. I don't know if it was because the fire room was still burning and all the other stuff was going on that I didn't hear it, but there was audible wheezing coming out of this room. Uh, and so that's what drew my attention to that area. But yeah, um, I don't have experience with another grab, so that was unique. Um, and yeah, I, again, there was no resistance or anything. I scooped, I scooped her up and uh, and, and ran down the stairs. And that uh, I've got kids of my own, a little girl of my own, as a matter of fact. And the first time I brought her downstairs uh, in our house, a couple of days later after that, that was uh, yeah, it, it that was tough. It, it all came back, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah, it's kind of the work that you put in ahead is going to prepare you for that for that day of war when you have to go. And uh, you're either prepared or unprepared. I don't know about right. you, but with uh, most of the situations I've been in, if I've been prepared and done all the things I thought, I can rest a little easier knowing that I did what I could. But if I was ill-prepared for a call and uh, my inaction or lack of training you know, had a negative outcome, you know, that that's a lot tougher to deal with. So, yeah, no, for sure. Again, I was, I was really proud of this man. I, and I, and I don't, I don't say that lightly. Um, one hell of a captain, one hell of an engineer. I exclude myself from that, from that group. I was just the guy on the back, but working with those two guys makes all the difference in the world. When you know that the people around you are, are capable, uh, not just capable, but they're frigging all-stars. It, it like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm playing with house money here. You know I mean? We can't, we can't screw this up. Um, these two guys are all stars. Uh, I was, I was really proud of us just that we got out fast. Like we always did. And uh, we were, we were ready to go. Uh, yeah, I was honored to be with them. Do you know uh, what the timeline was on this by any chance? So again, um, Got bumped out. It was two fifteen, two thirty that the call came in. I man, we're we're out of the apartment with the kids from the time that we got on scene, and other crews got there, and probably maybe maybe five minutes, maybe nice. five minutes. Uh, nice. They they were coming up as we were coming out. So good deal. Mm -hmm. uh, one other thing that I want to highlight that I don't want to skip over. You you mentioned holding off on knocking down that fire just for a minute to give, give your officer a chance to, to use that glow to his advantage. You want to talk about that a little bit? I've always, so I worked the first like six years of my career in the inner city in an area that had a lot of vacants um, and a lot of people that uh, homes were, you know, in, in disrepair and this and that. And I always just felt like, the ability to see holes in floors, the ability to see the conditions. It just, it gives me a minute to orient myself. Like it, it just, you know, you make your way, you make your push and which is disorienting as it can be. And you get to the fire room. If you'll take just a second, or at least for myself, I felt like if I take just a second, Look around. Okay, I've got some light, some visibility now. It, it just gives me a minute to get my bearings. It gives other crews a, a, a chance to get in and figure out, you know, once we do this, where they need to start pulling ceiling or where they need to start looking, you know, those sorts of things. And so I had had a little bit of experience and just 
somehow, I have no idea how, I had the presence of mind just to take a second and let him look around uh, before, before I blacked it out. It just, again, just something small I've picked up along the way that just, it, it, it helps me kind of orient myself. No, I love it. And I think sometimes people miss over that fact that they think once, the, once we get to the fire, we got to put it out right away. Right. Sometimes you don't make it any better. Um, but cool. I appreciate you sharing the story. Uh, anything else you want to add before we wrap up? No, man, I don't think so. I, um, yeah, no, I don't think so. I think it's it. Well, cool. Well, I appreciate you reaching out to me, sharing the story. I know I got a lot out of it today. I hope the listeners did too. If you uh, have a have a grab story that you want to share, assist um, or a grab, alive or deceased, we can learn from it. Uh, just reach out to me, Grant Schwalbe, uh, Grant Schwalbe at gmail.com or 239-898-0843. You can also contact Nick Ladine or Justin McWilliams and we'll get it recorded. Uh, but until next time, thanks for listening.